All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Looks like we got a small audience in here tonight. <laughs> but it is a Friday. It is what it is. Just let me pull up my creator dashboard real fast before we get going here. Okay. Yeah. Hey guys, what's up? I'm excited to be here for our analysis of Antifragile by Nassim Taleb. But before we get into it, just one quick reminder. My media company, Ravish Media, is currently looking for talent. If you're interested, please give us a shout out at ravishmediagroup at gmail.com. If you want to come on a show, shoot me an email. If you want to submit Q&A, shoot me the email. If you just want to, if you have any business ideas, anything that you're working on that you think is pretty cool and you think that I'll think it's cool, go ahead and hit that email up. That email link is in the bio, ravishmediagroup at gmail.com. So I'm pretty tired. I'm not going to lie. I just did a long workout in the gym and this is going to be the last stream for the night. And this book is quite the, it's quite the read. I'm not going to lie. We're going to go through it the best that we can. There's a lot to cover, but rock with me and I'll rock with you and we'll go through it. This is one of my favorite books. I would say this is top. This book's in the top five for me. It's quite long, very wordy. It has the classic Taleb tone that we have come to know as formidable. We'll say that it's formidable. But that being said, I absolutely love this book. There are so many really neat stories in here that I think are crucial for life and business. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into this. To start off, I'm going to read the first passage of the book, which I honestly consider to be like art. He starts it off by saying, this is in the prologue on page three, wind extinguishes a candle and energizes fire. Likewise, with randomness, uncertainty, chaos, you want to use them, not hide from them. You want to be the fire and wish for the wind. This summarizes this author's non-meek attitude to randomness and uncertainty. We just don't want to survive uncertainty. To just about make it, we want to survive uncertainty and, in addition, like a certain class of aggressive Roman Stoics, have the last word. The mission is how to domesticate, even dominate, even conquer the unseen, the opaque, and the inexplicable. How? And this is a real, I read this part because this is a really important frame of mind I think is really important for anybody that wants to succeed in business, succeed in life, whatever that metric, that measurement is for you, whatever success is for you, you have to have defragile attitude. Okay. You have to embrace the wind. You have to embrace chaos in life instead of trying to just you know, round the corners on everything and massage every single detail to make it suitable for you and comfortable instead you should be thinking about like how do i make this more difficult how can i be challenged more throughout this throughout my life and in my business in my work what's going to make me a better person so that is the whole concept of anti-fragile and that's why this book is so important and i'll get into in a minute i'll get into what anti-fragile is and what that means because it's a lot more than just a definition, but that frame of mind is really important. And that frame of mind is going to carry us through this book and it's going to carry us through life. When I read that passage, honestly, like I'm reminded of 
a term that the special operations community uses and it's called violence of action. And it's, that's the idea of kind of meeting challenges head on before attacking a challenge before it attacks you, essentially. So we live in a world of randomness. We want to embrace this, right? So obviously the central theme of this book is anti-fragility. And what is anti-fragility? I wish I could give you a better definition than what Taleb gives us, but Taleb's definition is the opposite of fragility, okay? So to understand anti-fragility, we have to understand what exactly is fragility, okay? The Black Swan set the, set the tone for what kind of world that we live in and the randomness and unseen forces that we just can't really predict and comprehend that are called Black Swan events. We don't understand this world nearly as much as we think we do. You get pseudo, Taleb writes, you get pseudo order when you seek order. You only get a measure of order. You only get a measure of order and control when you embrace randomness. So in order to take back, you know, what we lose to randomness, we have to embrace it. And when I try to understand anti-fragility, we start with thinking about the simplest things that are fragile, right? We're going to, so when we think about anti-fragility, we're going to think about things that are fragile and use those as a starting point. When we think about fragile, and I encourage you to think about this as well, what are some things that are fragile in your life? Time is fragile, right? We only have a very finite amount of time on this earth. So that, that would be considered extremely fragile. An egg is extremely fragile. Why? If you submit an egg to a bunch of different stressors, then it's going to crack, it's going to break, it's going to, it's going to break relatively easily, right? So these are some things that we can think about that are fragile. Okay? Things that are robust are resistant to stressors, but they don't necessarily like benefit, they don't benefit from stressors, right? An example of, of something that would be robust would be a phoenix, right? So if you, a phoenix bursts into flames, but it comes back. But it comes back the same. It doesn't benefit. It just comes back as the same thing. And then we have the antifragile, which are things that benefit from stress. So you can think about this in, in the sense of when you work out your body, you're submitting your body to tension, to time under tension, to stressors. When you lift weights, you're certainly getting weaker when you lift weights. You're getting more tired, but then your body adapts within two or three days afterwards. And then from there, you understand that, you know, you're going to gain muscle. Your body's going to adapt. You're going to get better for it, right? So this is something, this, that, that's a good example of anti-fragility. The body is anti-fragile. Most people don't treat it that way nowadays. So anti-fragility is beyond resilience and robustness. It's, it gets better with, with time under tension. When we think about black swan events, which are what we discussed last week, I'm not going to get into detail on what a black swan is. If, please, I encourage you, if you haven't watched week one's podcast, to go ahead. The, the core of this is that when there's a black swan event, the anti-fragile can thrive during black swan events. When something happens, anti-fragile people, businesses, they thrive. A good example is, I, I hate to bring this I don't want to make any of these podcasts about me, but I do consider myself a slightly anti-fragile person. And a good example, I started a moving company during COVID, right? So 
this was an example. COVID was an example of a black swan event. And I was able to thrive during that period. The, the fragile, unfortunately, during black swan events, they don't do well. Some, they may even die. Fragility inherently implies that you're going to lose. More, you have more to lose than, than you have to gain, essentially. And this equals more downside than upside. There's an unfavorable symmetry for the fragilista, as Taleb calls it. Okay. And then anti-fragility implies that there, you have more to gain than to lose. Equals, it, there's more upside than downside, and there's favorable symmetry for you. So, like I said, people can be fragile or anti-fragile. Taleb calls these people the fragilista, and we'll get into that right now. So let's take a look at page nine. So Taleb says, our idea is to avoid interference with things we don't understand. Some people are prone to the opposite. Fragilista belongs to that category of persons who are usually in suit and tie, often on Fridays. He faces your jokes with icy solemnity and tends to develop back problems early in life from sitting at a desk, riding airplanes, and studying newspapers. He's often involved in a strange ritual, something commonly called a meeting. Now, in addition to these traits, he defaults to thinking that what he doesn't see is not there or what he does not understand does not exist. He tends to mistake the unknown for the non-existent. Okay? So that's Taleb's definition of what a fragilista is. Going a little bit further, this is what our character fact Tony calls a sucker's game. Okay. In short, the fragilista, medical, economic, social planning is one who makes you engage in policies and actions, all artificial, which the benefits are small and visible, and the side effects potentially severe and invisible. Obviously thinks pretty low of the fragilista. Okay. So to understand anti-fragility anymore, Taleb says that, that to understand anti-fragility a little bit better, Taleb says that some of the best wisdom comes from the old myths, okay? So Taleb uses ancient examples to explain the triad of fragile, robust, and anti-fragile. We just got into this again, but there's, excuse me, <laughs> one really good story of Damocles, which is, uh, this is an old story that I'll, that I'll tell right now that I think is really interesting and i just want to i want to talk about it right now because although it's it doesn't really pertain to the book that well to Taleb just brings it up to basically define anti-fragility it's just a really interesting story it's an important life story according to the story damocles was pandering to his king dionysius and ex exclaiming that dionysius was truly fortunate as a great man of power and authority without peer surrounded by magnificence Dionysus offered to switch places with Damocles for one day so that Damocles could taste that very fortune firsthand. Damocles quickly and eagerly accepted the king's proposal. Damocles sat on the king's throne, surrounded by countless luxuries. There were beautifully embroidered rugs, fra fragrant perfumes, and the most selective foods, piles of silver and gold, and the service of attendants unparalleled in their beauty, surrounding Damocles with riches in excess. Dionysus, who had made many enemies during his reign, arranged that a sword should hang above the throne, held at the pommel only by a single hair of a horse's tail to evoke the sense of what it is like to be king. Though having much fortune, always having to watch in fear and anxiety against dangers that might try to overtake him. Damocles finally begged the king that he be allowed to depart because he no longer wanted to be so fortunate, realizing that while he had everything he could ever want at his feet, it ultimately cannot affect what was above his crown. So, 
we know this, we say this in, in pop culture, in modern culture as like heavy lies the crown, right? So the more you accumulate, the more you expand, the more you empire build. Unfortunately, the more enemies you're going to make and the harder it's going to be to just simply exist. Imagine what it's like for guys like Elon Musk. It's that he can't, I wouldn't want his life there. It's very difficult to exist in that realm. No, um, that was the point of Dionysius doing that for Dam Damocles. He wanted to show him obviously what it was like to have that constant pressure. Okay. Who dines with a sword dangling over his head is fragile. He is the prime example of, of fragile. Any little thing can happen and that horse hair can snap and he's dead. Okay. If we're talking about the markets, then when you trade, especially in derivatives, and for you guys that know me, you know that I had a trading group in Chicago and that I traded derivatives pretty heavily for the last, I would say, years. In the markets, you're almost always extremely, you're in this fragile category all the time. Any little thing can make a, a stock or a derivative swing in, in the opposite direction of where you want it to go. And then boom, you've lost your capital. We always want to try to find things that are in the middle where, where we talk about black swan, like how we talked about the black swan events last week. We always want to find things that are in, in the middle of extremistan and mediocristan. What's going to get me a good return on my investment, but, but I don't have to take as much risk as perhaps sitting at a dining table with a sword hanging above my head. Okay. So nature is a recurring demonstration of anti-fragility. So when we're thinking about the body, you lift weights, you adapt to heavier weights as time goes. And the problem, so now that we understand anti-fragility and what it is, we understand that nature is apex of anti-fragility. As humans, with our human systems and our brains, we tend to fight the last war. We build a nuclear plant for the worst earthquake that we've seen. But as we know, if nature is anti-fragile, then nature is constantly getting stronger. This is a good example of why climate change is the way it is, right? We simply just can't comprehend how much it's building and how much it's growing, okay? So there's limits to our cognition in understanding anti-fragility. So let's move along a little bit here. There are some examples of anti-fragility in pop culture, right? So what I do right now, I'm streaming, okay? And it doesn't really matter what I say on here. Perhaps probably nothing would happen because I have such a small audience. If I was like Logan Paul and I did that, it would certainly make the news. Now, would this be a bad thing or a good thing? In anti in extremistan with anti-fragility, as we know from from Black Swan, and now we're learning about this in this book. There's no such thing as bad press. We've heard that, right? Negative can't really affect you. Okay. You're only gonna if Jake Paul or Logan Paul did that, then tomorrow they'd wake up and they'd have millions of views. They would get paid for that. It, even if they did the most stupid thing, which is quite frankly why they do stupid things. Because they're going to get more views. So understanding that concept is pretty important. And that concept is something called the Streisand effect. Okay. This started when in the advent of the internet, basically, there was a compromising photo of Barbara Streisand that was put online on the internet. And you spent millions trying to get it off the internet. And it only 
exacerbated the photo to the public. The more she tried to get rid of it, the more that it got circulated around the internet. This happened actually to Pamela Anderson too with her sex tape and Tommy Lee's how the internet, you can make the argument that's how the internet grew to what it is. How we have streaming and video the way it is now is because of probably in due part to that sex tape. Empty fragility causes things to to grow exponentially and it doesn't really have an effect on press or on the media. All of those things are proportionally related to, to your engagement. In that sense, we can think about empty fragility and have there's fragile and empty fragile jobs. As an author, like I said, there's nothing that you can do really that generates attention that will reduce the sale of books. However, if you're like a mid-level executive or an employee at some bank, if you punch out an annoying drunk in a bar, you will likely get fired, okay? You'll have an arrest record. You'll be unhirable. That's it. You're extremely fragile. You're very fragile when you work for the corporation. When you're an author, a creator, or somebody else, then you have this sense of anti-fragility that you can use as leverage. People who have to wear suits and ties and worry about a bad reputation are fragile. When I know this is going to be unpopular, but when I think about anti-fragility, Donald Trump comes to mind as the poster boy for anti-fragility. Okay, so let's see. Think about the body and this, this concept of anti-fragility. People used to take small doses of poison. If you did that, you can basically develop more of an immunity to it. Okay, so this is like how people gain an alcohol dependence. We see similar anti-fragile benefits from fasting, running. Aging will be hastened by a lack of stress, right? So we are living longer, but people are more sick than they've ever been. And all of our comfort has been detrimental to our health spans. We thought aging causes bone degradation, but it seems that bone degradation actually causes aging. This concept is also applied to like competition, right? The best horses tend to lose when they compete with slower ones and win against stronger rivals. So absence of a challenge can degrade the best of us. And then with moods too. So, so Taleb also points out that many people are being put on antidepressants and how mood swings are a natural part of the human condition. If someone is truly suicidal, sure, but the ability to wrestle with our dark side is part of life and a great inspiration. So this all kind of circles back to this overwhelming problem with modernity and Taleb points out that there's these numerous problems with modern life and how things have just gotten soft. They, they, these problems really start from removing the natural stressors that help us thrive. And we're lions. That's what we are, right? We're these conquering beasts that have made it through centuries of evolution. Yet we live in a zoo. We've, we've bandaged everything. We've made everything very tolerable. Even modern gyms nowadays, there's everything is just nice and neat, and there's not really any chaos or randomness to anything. There's no, not even any real randomness to like workouts. In the anti fragile world, tinkering is very important. To Leb himself, he's a big proponent of trial and error. And there's ways to figure out things and expose yourself to large potential upsides. If you think about it, many great inventions were for, at first toys. Apple started in a garage. Google started in a garage, I think, pretty sure, or like a basement, uh, or, stand, or a lab. 
whatever. Basically, they start very small. And the steam engine was invented by the Greeks for amusement. It takes us a long time to realize that these very small things have practical applications. So you need to be consistently tinkering. You just need to be creating things all the time. And it doesn't matter. People try to swing for the fences on day one. And it could be something as just starting a live stream or a small podcast, right? And the amount that you learn from doing these things on your own is, it's insane. In, in, in an anti-fragile world, in, in a, an extremist stand, tinkering with these things, you're going to find certain people that exist within these niches. And those people are going to be able to make you grow way faster than if you were living in mediocrity. Move forward a little bit. So we're just going, so this book is basically just layered. And that's why I'm doing it like this, because it's just like a level name of fallacy. He'll got the fallacy. He'll provide an explanation and then he moves on. So I'm going just through the most important things here. There's, if you guys have heard the concept Viridian Donkey, that's this kind of old tale that has been told. It's one of those like Aesop's fables where you have a donkey in the middle of, it's equidistant from a bale of hay and a bowl of water, right? And it can't decide which one to go to first. So it just dies in the middle. So Taleb's talks about decision making in this book. And if you have more than one reason to do something, don't do it, he says. By invoking more than one reason to do something, you are trying to convince yourself to do it. Obvious decisions, robust errors, require no more than one good reason. This is really true if you think about it, right? Like you don't question like whether or not you have to eat lunch or dinner. You probably question if you need to eat breakfast, but you don't question what, really whether you need lunch or dinner. You just do it. And then the question is, what do I eat? The best things in business and in life are robust. They're robust to errors and they just they make intuitive sense. And that kind of just gets into the Lindy effect. And the Lindy effect is essentially for the perishable, things like food, humans, or perishable. Every additional day in its life means it's closer to dying. Okay. For the non-perishable, books, ideas, every additional day of its life can imply a longer life expectancy. This is very important. This is a very important concept because no matter what, the Lindy effect lets us know that no matter what we're doing, as long as we show up every day and we're in the game, okay, the Lindy, Lindy effect lets us know that we have a very high chance of survival as long as we keep showing up, as long as we keep getting our name out there, okay? So if you're a streamer, a podcaster, whatever your craft is, whatever you do, taking days off is not, that's going to be the number one thing that kills you going to be the number one thing that kills your audience and it's going to be basically something that puts you out of your business way more than you could ever do you like i said according to taleb you could get on your live stream and say the most ridiculous shit and probably end up getting viewers it wouldn't hurt you but the one thing that can is not showing up think about it if a book has been in print for 100 years it will likely continue to be read for another 100 but a person who has been alive for 100 years it's likely that they're very close. Okay. So that kind of gets to the crux of the book. 
I do encourage you to pick up the book and read it. This is Anti-Fragile by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And this is the second book in the Incerto. The first book was The Black Swan, which we went through last week. This is second book, Anti-Fragile. And then the third book we'll cover next week is the, it's called Skin in the Game. Okay. And Skin in the Game is just, again, it's taking the Black Swan and Anti-Fragile and putting them both together. And he gives us another lesson to learn. And on that note, I think I'm going to call it. Thank you for showing up. And I will be live again next week, next Friday. I'm live every day, but for one book a week, we'll do that again. We'll do it again next week. So see you then.